We're here to inspire, inform, and connect entrepreneurs and high achievers. Welcome to Results Radio with the number one results coach in the country, Sean Shuchuk. Sean is as focused on your results as you are. Visit our website at www.yourresultsradio.com and take advantage of the free tips and gifts. Plus, get your copy of the best-selling results journal developed by the number one results coach in the country. With you in mind, it is the most powerful achievement tool used by high achievers today. Here is the host of Results Radio, Sean Shuchuk. Hi, everybody. It's Sean Chuchuk. Welcome to Results Radio. You know, I get asked a lot of questions, and all of you tend to weigh in from time to time, whether it's through Facebook or through our website. And one of the biggest questions that I get asked is money. How can I get more? And I know that sounds like a simple question, but money is always on people's minds. Uh, whether it's something we grew up with, whether it's conditioning, whether it's societal norms, whatever that happens to be, uh, money's always at the forefront. Either we don't have enough or we don't know how to get more. So with us today is a really special guest. This is somebody who I've known for quite some time, someone who's literally changed lives, people's lives for the better, through how she teaches, what she teaches, and how you can not only get more, attract more, and make more, uh, but build something for yourself where it becomes passive, where you don't have to be nine to five, where you don't have to be in a place where you're working for somebody else. This is unlike any other guest we've had because she's known as the millionaire maker. She's known as the person who came from a farm in Nebraska and created herself, recreated herself into someone who for over 20 years has been teaching people about money and how to bring more of it into their lives. Laura Langmire not only is a coach, five-time best-selling author and a dear friend of mine. She's on the show with us today. Welcome, Laurel. Oh, thank you. And I hear this is your anniversary month. So uh, congratulations to uh, Results Radio Show. Awesome. Thank you very much for that. Thank you for being on. I'm really, I'm really grateful that you're here. Let me ask you a question. What, give me some, some insights and, and our listeners into what you're doing now, because I know you've got some really cool things on the go. You shared a little with, with me before we went on air. What are, what are you involved in now? Oh, tons of stuff. So, um, you know, the whole Millionaire Maker sequence and series I've been doing for now, oh man, almost two decades, making millionaires in three to five years. And given where the economy's gone, you know, your Alberta you know, economy's quite interesting. I'm married to a Canadian, Calgary, Calgarian, as you call it. So what's interesting is watching that economy and our economy, and we're in the, the greatest, you know, reality show called our presidential election. The, the markets are interesting right now, and I don't invest on Wall Street. I invest off Wall Street. So I'm really involved in raising capital. I am uh, a massive, not only fan, but enormous advocate of uh, equity crowdfunding. We uh, are raising upward of $13 million right now in a, gas, a variety of gas and oil projects through equity crowdfunding. So it's just really, Sean, staying on that cutting edge of where money and investing is going and teaching people where to put their money, how to put their money, how to keep it off Wall Street and keep it you know, safer than Wall Street's going to do. So are you saying you can show people and help people to do some of the same things you're doing to be able to avoid some of the volatility that you referred to on Wall Street? Oh, absolutely. Um, and I think one of the biggest things, and I'll start kind of with uh, the pretty easy conversation to describe it, is real estate folks. You know, so many people are leveraged in real estate. I mean, really over leveraged in the whole real estate world. And what's interesting about that is, you know, gas and oil is real estate. It's just below the ground. Um, and what we do is we take a look at what do people want in their life from cash flow later in life, 
And then how do you get the tax and the cash flow strategies? Because, you know, the other group of people I work a lot with, Sean, are millionaires who are cash poor because a lot of their assets are parked in projects that don't have any cash flow or liquidation to them. So really educating them on how they can diversify into a variety of different projects, have uncorrelation to their assets. And uh, we show them all the time. And not only just do we teach them about the education side, uh, because of a lot of our new regulation in America, we actually, you know, can walk them right into the deals. So it's exciting times. So there are people listening to this right now all over the world, Laura. Like there are, there are listeners from Europe. There are listeners from Australia, United yep. States, Canada. And um, I know you've done some, some work and work with some people in, in countries all over the world. But let me ask you this. It, does it matter where I am geographically or can I sort of learn from what you're doing and how you're doing it no matter where I am? Like do you go and travel around the world? Um, I do. I travel all over the world, and these strategies work all over the world. In fact, because America has such a great tax basis, um, and compared to especially like I have, you know, clients. I actually have offices from South Africa, <clears throat> the UK, Ireland, Australia, New Zealand are the primary. Uh, Canada, obviously, um, and all over America. Those are the primary, and we're not talking just offices because I travel there. We have offices, people, bank accounts, corporations, trusts. I mean, we're really set up internationally. And a lot of our clients will, you know, I have a beautiful conference center here in Lake Tahoe, Nevada, and a lot of our conference center, you know, our people will use our conference center as a Nevada presence. Um, so by law, I can give them a lease for, you know, just a small amount of money every month, you know, like literally like a couple hundred bucks. They can use my address. They use our, they have unlimited use of our uh, facilities. They get their mail forwarded. We answer their phones. So we do a lot. Of, for people who want international and not like the offshore, you know, kind of stuff, which, you know, that's a whole different conversation, which I don't do that one. So I say, why, you know, why set it up in any risky model where you can just set up brick and mortar? I have it. So I have a lot of those folks come and put money into United States assets. If they don't want to do it that way, then absolutely. Um, I teach people how to do it in their own towns, their own countries, their own, you know, cities and where they're at. So the, the principles are all the same. I think the thing that's different is where's the market? You know, where do you find the best market? Like right now, right. just speaking gas and oil, you know, a lot of the Alberta, Oklahoma, North Carolina markets, I mean, they're really, really, they, they produce very heavy. They're, you know, what it costs to produce is very, very heavy. We produce a $17 a barrel on just outside of, you know, Dallas, Texas. So, you know, depending on which strategy and anything from real estate to the market, I do. The only thing I do in the market, John, is I have a robotic trader that I'm a part owner of that company. And you can park one of 12 strategies. And, you know, the one that I work, you know, makes me about 4% a month. And it just, you know, you park it on a computer and it just does its magic day and night. When the markets are open, it turns it on. When the market's closed, it turns it off. So we have all sorts of varieties of things. And it's really up to the individuals, I think, to learn what it is, what's right for them. And I just don't think there's enough education. As you can tell, I'm just passionate about that whole conversation because people need to learn about it. I agree. I agree. Thank you for sharing that. I, you know, and there's some things, obviously, uh, you know, you and I have known each other for quite some time, and I, and I know you're involved in a lot of different things. you got your hands in a lot of pies. But some of the stuff you just talked about, I wasn't aware of. And I think what's interesting for a lot of people here is, um, and I know people say this to me, and I'm sure people have said this to you over the course of time, you know, Sean, for you, things are so easy. Like, everything you touch turns to gold. I um, had a gentleman ah. come to me. I was speaking at an event uh, well, probably three or four months ago in uh, LA, LAX, Weston. And he came to me after I finished speaking. He said, you know, it's easy for you to start a business, Sean, but not so much for me. And I said, well, why would you say that? He goes, well, he says, because you're smarter than I am. So I want to ask you this question. <laughs> and I, obviously, I don't agree with what he had to say, but 
you know, you've helped hundreds of thousands of people through speaking in courses and games, books, et cetera, and live events. I know you've done them because I've been to one or two of them. But let me, let me, let me ask you this. Um, you weren't always there. How did you get there? How did you transform yourself? You know, I know you came from a farm in Nebraska. I, I, I'm making an assumption you weren't taught any of this on the farm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. No, I was uh, on a very large farm family, uh, you know, generational farm family. So it's passed from generations back to it's still very operational and working. And, you know, we won't, we have no plan on selling out to corporations or doing any of that. My brothers, you know, work on the farm now. So growing up like that, you know, although it's a multi-million dollar operation, cash flow is always a problem. Um, now I'm going to fast forward, like the conversations we have now in our family are different, but growing up, you know, and I had teenage, you know, parents having babies, right? So, you know, I, mm-hmm. I always said my parents were babies having, you know, babies. So, you know, they did the best they could growing, growing us up and the conversation about money didn't happen in our house. It was always what we didn't have. And we, you know, we, us kids joked, we were the workforce for the farm. And at seven, I just knew I had a different thing inside of me. And I think a lot of people do, Sean, if people listening, you know, you know, inside of you that you have some gift to share. Now, the how to get your gift out of you is, I think, a massive journey of being mentored and coached. I know I would have never found like where I am today without mentors and coaches on my journey. And at 17, it was probably a bigger, like, defining year. Uh, Dennis Waitley gave me the book, Think and Grow Rich. And to me, that's where I kind of, what I would say, found my tribe. Like, oh, my gosh, I totally resonated with the the work. Um, I became extraordinarily fascinated why so few people become millionaires when there's a formula to it. So then I've spent most of my, you know, life design, not only designing the formula, but perfecting it. We truly make millionaires in three to five years. The asset side is a big part of it. And so I've gone from, you know, the farm girl. I went through college. I had my own business. I worked my way through college with my own company, personal training and aerobics instruction. Um, I've had my own corporate consulting business. I've had my own executive coaching business. I've had a lot of businesses. So I think the, the key that I hear have the listeners learn is, you know, becoming a darn good business owner. So, you know, whether, you know, we're smarter or not, Sean, I would, you know, I, I'm in the same category. You know, I think we're pretty darn smart, but we're also extremely resourceful. We are extreme learners. Like we're always curious about what's new and staying fresh and being learners ourselves, being coached all the time. And I think that the, the biggest missing piece, I think, for people in business, because I still, you know, I've taught for the last, I'd say, 10 years, I've really dedicated tons of time to the entrepreneur and funnels and training and you know, I have a three-day program. People are guaranteed to make money and get your business launched in three days. Like, I do that side, too. But what I find is getting an entrepreneur up and running is a little bit of a slower path than getting somebody who has assets diversified. Like, I took somebody literally less than six months, Sean, and we took just under 600000 in assets, reallocated them to what I call proper assets, and was a millionaire like that. I mean, it's literally, you know, some of these moves can happen quick if you're mentored and coached properly. So, my journey has been since I was 17, I've been coached at 21. I spent my first $25,000 on a Bob Proctor mentoring program because I needed to get my head out of farm girl from Nebraska to successful businesswoman and be fine with it. Um, I have had coaches this year. I coach very closely with the, the Dent organization, with Sharon Lecter, with Dan Kennedy. Um, I, I always have coaches. I can't imagine not having somebody that's as successful, if not more, in different categories to just constantly you know, bounce ideas off of get introduced to. So yeah, I live in Lake Tahoe because I love to ski. I have two kids. I did most of this as a single mom. 
Um, but I think it's the characteristics and the behavior, you know, that you exemplify, that I exemplify, that most successful people do, that I think that people have a long walk to get there. I think their daily behaviors are honestly casual and sloppy. <laughs> well, you, you reference coaching. I think this is really interesting, Laura. Let, let me throw this out there. Let me say this first, I guess, and a lot of people know this, and for um, the results family, for all of you that are listening right now, this is interesting. A lot of you know this. I spend around $150 $150,000 a year on me, and I don't mean on buying nice clothes, cars, yeah. or watches. I'm talking about on, on coaches and on knowledge because at the end of the day, you never stop learning, and if you do, I think that's probably the end of it for you. Um, so usually I ask this question at the end of the interview when I have somebody on who is out there making a difference in the world today. Would you recommend to all of our listeners that they need a coach or more than one perhaps? Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. And the reason I have, you know, more right now is uh, I'm really, I'm, you know, the, the beginning part of my work. I mean, 1996 to 2001, I was a master distributor for Kiyosaki's brand. I was the master distributor for the game, for the Rich Dad Poor Dad products. Um, I sold other people's stuff, but that was the primary brand that I led with. And a huge lesson for the listeners is I didn't have have anything to sell of my own, so I sold somebody else's. I'm totally I, – I, I teach that strategy is if you don't have stuff to sell, sell with somebody else's. If you need cash flow, you sell. And then in 2001, I opened Live Out Loud, and, you know, that's going to have been what I've been doing ever since. But, you know, during the journey in the beginning of Live Out Loud, I became a real estate and gas and oil millionaire. So I only taught the asset side of the house, and it was only because of the, the great you know, global recession of 2008 to 11 that I really started teaching the entrepreneur how to make money because most people didn't have money to invest. And now I'm really going back to my original conversation that really I know how to penetrate and help people reduce taxes, hence my Nevada strategy to be here and uh, invest. So again, I, you know, I ebbed and flowed through the whole money conversation. I kept the conversation. I just I shared a lot, not just to say what I'm doing, but to give people permission to like, you know, follow the thing that, that you really want to follow, uh, but become amazingly, you know, successful at it as you do it and get coaches in those categories. So why the dent organization? Because they're Wall Street. I'm totally off Wall Street. I want to have that, you know, what I would call some of the best Wall Street people in the world to be to banter with. Like, that's really why I work. Like, you know, this is what we should do. It's like, no, this is what we should do. And it helps refine my conversation by being in those coaching conversations with them. And it, and sometimes it's not just coaching, it's debating. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, why do you do that? Well, I don't understand that. And I think, you know, in that conversation, Sean, people need to ask more questions. You know, reading a book and, you know, hiding behind online learning and stuff is great. But the human interaction, the human interaction I don't think, should ever go away. I learned so much well, in that it's interesting. You reference this, Laurel, and this to me is interesting. You talk about learning and, and whether it's asking questions or interacting with people and um, having coaches, but you realize the average person today in North America or the westernized world, when they close their books, whether it's high school or college, university, they never open those books up again. And I think yeah. what's interesting is what you're saying is we need to be constantly there and improving in all areas. And I think you know if th that's the key for, for those of you listening today on, on our show, that's reality. For those of you that think that this magic is going to fall from the sky, you know, in my first book, um, I talk about sitting there with a sofa seatbelt on, and people have asked me a lot, and Laurel, I know you were in the movie The Secret, and you yeah. know, when, the, when the movie came out, uh, people would say, you know, Sean, I set my goals, I set my intentions, but yet I'm not seeing results. And one of the, the, the phrases that I coined is, are you sitting there with a sofa seatbelt on? Because so many people are waiting for it to fall from the sky, <laughs> and hoping and praying. Yep, right? I love that. That's a, 
that's a reality. So I love what you're saying. Um, I had a gentleman come to me, and this is probably about three months ago, and he was in his 40s, and he said, Sean, you know, um, I've been relatively successful in my business. You know, I, I, you know, I do a couple million dollars a year, but I don't think I have the tools I need. So I'm going to go back to university and do an MBA. What would you say to that guy? Uh, a massive bad attitude. <laughs> that's what I call an MBA. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what I would say, and I, I you know, I, I say that kind of funny because I, you know, me, I'm kind of salty and sassy and snarky. Um, Not you. And I use it just to kind of wake people up to my, you know, my whole kind of presence about all this is it's fun and sassy because I think people need to wake up and take responsibility and get off the couch. And I love the sofa seatbelt. My God, I'm going to borrow that. That's awesome. <laughs> um, and here's what I say to the MBA or the people in school. And I love that you started the convers- that, that piece of the conversation. 82% is the, t- the statistic, Sean, of people that get a degree and don't use it. 82%. That suggests that only 18%, and most of them are doctors, lawyers, CPAs, uh, people who go get licensure. So people who get a license tend to use it because they feel locked into it, whether it's financial services, lawyers, insurance folks. It's interesting. Licensure locks people into a very interesting path. Anything non-licensure, 82%, people don't use. And then a massive bad attitude in MBA, although for some people it's great, I think this is where I really have to make a decision is do you want to be wealthy or do you want to be, you know, slowly wealthy, right? Fast or slow, because entrepreneurs can create amazing uh, income and then get that invested and their, their trajectory to millionaire status is much faster. Somebody who has a job and an MBA, in my opinion, is just to get you a bigger job title with a few more letters behind your name. I have a master's degree. I'm a master certified coach. I'm a founder like of the International Coach Federation on the first board. I mean, I could put letters across the business card that would take up the front and back for days. Like, all of that's interesting, but it didn't make me more money to have letters behind my name. So now it's and just Laurel It's just yeah, yeah. an entrepreneur. You know, it's like just I, you know, I, I tell people, don't worry about titles. Designations yeah. and titles don't put more zeros on your paycheck, so to speak. And, yeah, you know, so going I've across people, the card with letters. Go ahead, sorry. I'm sorry, sorry. Yeah. I, I've literally had people with, that are in executive MBAs for Stanford in, in my, and in my entrepreneurial program. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, you have a straddled brain. You want an MBA to say you have an MBA, and nobody in the entrepreneurial world gives a shit. I'm sorry I cussed on your show, but um, they don't. I don't care if anybody comes. Some of my best people that work on my team, they don't have degrees. Like that, it's not about not being smart. It's about being super efficient and super hyper-focused in the one thing, the two things, the five things that you're really good at and being part of a team that creates it. It's not about the titles. No one cares, as you said, not in our world. Yeah, you know, even sometimes when we hire someone new in our team and you know, I've got a phenomenal CEO that runs our company for me and, you know, she's the glue that holds us all together and she recently hired somebody about two or three months ago and when that person had sent in a request for cards or whatever it was, I'm not sure exactly, and they, they the most important thing was not contact information, um, not you know company logo or name, but was the title. And we get caught up in titles and designations. And uh, you know, I'll, you're talking about people that with a license to get locked into something. I remember being a kid. I was probably in, I don't know, maybe eighth or ninth grade, and I was at a friend of mine's house for dinner, and his dad was a doctor, incidentally, our doctor, family doctor. And I'll never forget him sitting at the table and complaining bitterly about how much he, you know, hated practicing medicine. And, of course, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, I'm a young kid, like, why would I want to go to this doctor? He doesn't even like what he does. And, you know, this is someone who is, you know, probably late 30s, 
didn't want to be doing what he's doing for the rest of his life, he's stuck yep. in this. So I love what you said about that, and I, and I love your response to the whole MBA thing, because let's be very clear about something. Just because we have wallpaper on the wall doesn't mean someone's going to pay us more money. And I, I, this is a conversation and you have and I have. Um, we're going to take exactly. a break, and we're going to thank our sponsors. Uh, this is really important for all of you listening on the Results Family. Uh, take a minute, listen to what some of these folks have to say, because this is what allows us to bring this show to you uh, every couple of weeks and share some guests just like Laurel. We'll be right back. Stay with us. November 10th, 11th, and 12th, 2017 is going to change the way you see entrepreneurship, business, and wealth forever. Three days, world-renowned celebrity speakers and teachers, the best minds in the world. Mark it on your calendar. Here's a hint. It's all happening in sunny San Diego, California. Keep listening for more major surprises. What would being a best-selling author do for you and your business? Massive credibility, your brand launchpad, celebrity. Over two-thirds of Americans want to write a book. Get yours published now and distribute it around the world. More exposure means more prospects. More prospects means more clients. Even better, you don't have to do it all alone. You've got the leading publishing and marketing team doing it with you. At Results Press, it's easier than you dreamed. Visit us today at theresultspress.com. Welcome back. I'm Sean Chuchak. This is Results Radio, and we are in the bottom half of the show today with Laurel Langmire, the millionaire maker, a dear friend of mine, five-time best-selling author, and we're talking about what it takes to get there. I have a question for you, Laurel. You went from farm girl, and I think you know this about me. I grew up on a farm, too, here in Canada, um, and one of the things that a lot of people say to me all the time, especially folks all the time, and no matter where it is, United States, Canada, Europe, doesn't matter. Sean, you know, it's so hard, and I hear this a lot, especially when I'm speaking at events, uh, especially at events where I'm called in to speak at someone else's putting on some kind of a symposium or an event. Um, what do you say to those folks that tell you it's hard? <laughs> well, I always don't like those words. Like, you know, I wouldn't, I say, I think I would reframe the entire conversation, just like trying. So is it hard? I don't know. Sometimes it's interesting. I think I frame it as, you know, are you up for a challenge? Because the only reason it would be hard is because all you see is stuck places where you can't move. And there's always a place to move. And I always say if it's hard, you shouldn't be doing it, right? The universe gives you amazing feedback. And anything that's hard is going to get harder, and you're going to get amazing results. I mean, it's also, I mean, I, I went through that just recently, right, in the shift over back to Wall, off Wall Street assets. I knew, you know, I was so deep in that entrepreneurial conversation. I mean, what, probably even six months, a year ago, that's all I was, you know, really having a conversation about. And I thought, you know, i got to get back to the conversation that I know I lead and as a woman that I lead. And so being hard, you know, hard also, I think, can be looked at as you're not getting a result or the results are tough or they come slow or, like, I think you've got to pay attention to that. Like, if it feels like that, then stop. There's a different path for you to take. And I think that, again, go, I'm going to go back to coaches and mentors. Like, the first place that I go when things feel, feel that way is I know I'm on the wrong track. And so then getting some guidance to where to get back to and where your energy needs to be. And then you'll just see all this ease. Now, I want to, I want to reframe one of the part of it, that hard conversation, Sean, which is do you know how to do it? A lot of people don't know how, and they think that's hard. So just yeah. learn. Like, just because you don't know doesn't mean you can't do it. I mean, hell, I didn't know how to do half the stuff I do today. I just leaned in. I learned it. Instead of being scared, of like, oh, my God, it's hard and I don't know. Well, I didn't know half this crap a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, five years ago. I mean, I know more about gas and oil. I knew it way back in the day in the ni- early, you know, late 90s. But, my God, today, oh, 
technology is different. Everything is different. I, can, I could go on for a whole day and teach you about gas and oil. Why? Because I've been studying it immensely. You know, Sean, I always laugh. You know, I always say, you know, people who have big fiction, you know, libraries uh, are interesting. I have a very nonfiction library. I mean, my mom, my mom's actually visiting, and she looks around. She said, my gosh, I've seen more bookshelves in one house of the amount of books. So she you read them? I say, speed read them. So, you know, read every word. But, yeah, it's like I don't have fiction novels and read shades of gray and do all that stuff. I just, man, I... You'd love my, you'd love my house, Laurel. You'd, you'd <laughs> love you my house. I, th- I think there might even be one or, one or two titles of yours on the bookshelf. I wish do you, that do you think, let's go back to, let's go back to this, this question again about hard. And uh, do you think it's a societal norm um, where we're an instant gratification society where, and maybe it's, uh, you know, as a society, are we inherently lazy for the most part? Oh God. Oh, well, I'll speak to the Americans. I mean, God, yes. I think, uh, I think there's a, a laziness and an entitlement, and it's not just in America, but as an American, I can kind of, you know, speak to my own. Um, but yeah, there's just there's a huge entitlement. And actually, I'll speak to the Canadians because I'm now half Canadian, being married to one. Yeah, I mean, there's a socialized entitlement that's there. You know that you know we have medical for free, which they don't. You're just overtaxed pieces and still pay for it. But there's a um, a generational, and I'm going to speak to the millennials, the younger crowd. My God, yep. the entitlement is extraordinary. And, and, the, and here's what's interesting when I talk to the younger folks, and it doesn't apply. I, I don't want to have, like, any general – I'm just saying, it, you know, more of a general term, I'd say, than just specific people, not speaking to them. But I see a huge trend of – and social media has created a lot of it. Well, I'll just see what my friends are doing. I said, well, that's interesting to see what your friends are doing, but your friends aren't millionaires. Your friends are on an interesting trajectory to have a lot of fun but not have a life, and you can all live together, five of you in a, you know, one house or, you know, in a, in a house and all, you know, share a bedroom and call that communal living. But really, like, what are you going to do when you have kids? Like, there's just such an interesting trend going on about not being responsible in this, in, in a level of, you know, folks that are coming out of college. Um, and I don't have to, and I'm entitled and, and then the older population is really stuck in the being pissed off, uh, looking at our presidential election, like the baby boomers, really pissed off that the whole thing didn't work out. I went to school, I got a job, I put my money away, and now I'm broke. So it's, it's on both sides of the spectrum, the younger crowds, the older crowds. But in general, yeah, I think entitlement, I call it lazy, call it not motivated, call it somebody owes me something. It's, it's an interesting it's, I'm not, it's not everybody, but I think people have to watch to not fall into it and sure in the hell don't hang out with people who do that. Run. Well, you know, Run the late, late great Jim Rohn said you're the sum total of top five people you, you associate with the most. So uh, I think that rings true for no matter, you know, whether you're a baby boomer or you're a millennial. I, you know, at the end of the day, totally if you're going to be hanging out with the person who's, uh, you know, I don't know, mainlining some kind of a drug, you're going to be there sooner or later. It's going to be part of you. Uh, and I, I think what we – and I mean that's a drastic example, but that's a reality that, that I think and – I, and I will pick a little bit on millennials because even in my own organization, we employ some really amazing people um, and, you know, all age brackets. And I get to see those differences on an ongoing basis, as do you, I'm sure. And yep. when we do events, like we have a big event coming up in, uh, in, in just a couple of weeks here in Canada. And one of the things that I notice is um, a different response from different age groups when it comes to signing up or questions or and, you know, even after the fact. So it's really interesting to me that uh, most people don't have a grasp, at least from my perspective. Maybe that's short-sighted, but I look at it this way. Um, if you are, have made a decision in life, you are – duty-bound, I would think, by ethics to stick to it. 
as a person. It's moral. And I don't think we see that today. And it, that definitely applies to folks when it comes to setting goals and objectives. They say, you know, I want to be, in, you know, it's great to say I want to be a millionaire. Talk's cheap. Lots of people talk. Um, <laughs> but when I ask the question, what are you doing every day to hit that target? They look at me with this long face like I, I you know, I have 16 heads. And I know you've seen this before. So, if we take for a moment, just let's talk about some of the younger folks out there. And I'm very, you know, we, I actually have a program where over the course of the last, oh, about eight or ten years, um, I'll take a young person and work with them because nobody gave me that hand up when I was, you know, in my early 20s. And whatever I've done over the course of my adult life um, has come through, um, yeah, there's some wallpaper on the wall, but what I learned in school didn't really help me when it came to building businesses or, you know, I built a consult. You were talking about management consulting. I mean, I built a multi-million dollar management consulting company and no one really taught that. I had to go out there and do it. At 19 years old, I was knocking on doors and, you know, I had a gentleman grab me by the shirt and literally throw me out of his place of business because what does a kid know? Today, if you said to a 20-year-old, go knock on doors and generate business, I'm not sure what kind of response you get. Probably not the same one that you or I would have given. Way into that. Share with me. Is, am, am I out to lunch in this theory, or do we have this idea that – and it is entitlement, but someone else is responsible for my well-being or, or for, or for oh, the oh, financial honey, aspect? I could just go on. I could follow you for decades. So you and I are the, is <laughs> of the same mind of this. You know, a, a place that I see it, and uh, it's a, in, in my coming back to uh, – a real off Wall Street investing conversation. One of the targeted groups that I'm, I've started to work with, and I have two different companies right now in the in the Southwest in the United States, and they're very high level trust and estate lawyers. And the conversation that I have with the lawyer to get access to their database is like, who's educating the millions of ge- millions of dollars of generational wealth that's going to be passed to a very uneducated, entitled family and why would you do it? And so they let me do some webinars and and, in a couple cases I've gone and actually we've had, you know, like a networking kind of a meeting and we introduced the conversation and it was amazing the the amount of families who raised their hand and said, you know, you're you're right and our kids have been spoiled and brats and blah, blah, blah and they waste our money and we've worked hard for our money and, you know, then I introduced the whole concept of either get them educated to help uh, or, or generationally skip them and go to the grandkids and get the grandkids smart. Like, why would you give smart money that you worked, like you said, in your the morality and the, the diligence to a whole bunch of folks that may not have another generation to continue to pass the wealth? I mean, generational wealth happens because there's a pass down of the money to very responsible hands. And you've seen in you know, many, 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 many cases, I could name more cases than not, where that money only lasts one more generation and they've blown through it. And there's some really great rules, you know, that myself and some of my other wealth team members have uh, created. One of my favorite partners who does gas and oil with me, I love what he says, you know, his kids, he's got five kids, he says, and the kids will say, you know, we're really rich. And he said, no, let's be clear. I'm rich. You're not, and nor will you be unless you follow a very, you know, strict guide of rules from getting educated to starting a company to making choices in your life, it's all available to you, but you'll follow my rules my way or you won't have any. And it's interesting. He's got several kids who are following and several who, you know, you're not fair. It doesn't work. And he's just one of many. But I'm having yeah. fun in this new group with these new two, you know, lawyers' databases of really high net worth people. And that's just an example of how I'm working with that whole entitlement thing. And I totally agree with it. You know, I've, growing up as a, uh, you know, how I grew up and then, you know, raising, you know, kids in a single 
parent environment, my kids are not entitled. I mean, I think they have a different attitude around money than almost every one of their friends because they, they live and breathe differently than them. But uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> they I'll also share, work. I'll share, I'll share something with you and with our results family listening right now. I'm way behind the curve. As you know, I have a five-year-old. And when he was four, I took him to, and you know, you're, you spend a lot of time in Canada. I know that. Uh, uh, I took him to, you know, a few blocks away from, from my home is the Royal Bank of Canada, RBC. And I took him there to open an account uh, because he'd been given a bunch of money. And, um, you know, he's not quite at the age where we can talk about investing. Or, you know, and, and you know this stuff. You know, I have a corporation that um, at some point in time will become his and it'll be 20 years old. And there's reasons behind that that, you know, I know you teach and I know you, you get the gist of all this stuff. But the banker says to him, well, what, what do you want to do with your money? And he said, well, I want to save all my money till I can buy a fast car like daddy's. And the banker looks at him and says, well, and my son's name is Declan. She says to him, Declan, do you think your dad would just buy you a car? And he looks at her. You remember, this is a four-year-old. He goes, my dad will never buy me a car. And it, it, some respects, people look at that and go, really? Like you wouldn't buy your kid a car? I have no. Why? Because that's, that's where problems start, in my humble opinion. And then maybe that's a hard-nosed approach, but I think it's, it's, it's a reality in today's, you know, I have staff that at 16 years old, their parents were buying them Beamers and Mercedes-Benz. And, you know, I think that gives children an an overinflated sense of entitlement. Um, I want to, winding down, we're coming to the other show very, very quickly here. I'd like you, if you could, just take 20 or 30 seconds. What's one uh, gold nugget, one tidbit of information that our listeners today can take away from our conversation and wrap their head, heart, and hands around and implement in their lives or businesses today? I would say get clear what you want. You know, you, like I, we always ask people what they want, and the first thing that's out of their mouth typically is what they don't want and what's not working, and that's not what I ask. So I say get really clear. The clearer you are, and then you follow it really by, like, an emotional engagement, meaning just, like, what is it that you really want that you're just going to get totally around and excited? Get a coach. Get a mentor that's already been and done what you want to do in the category that you want to do it. There's a lot. I mean, that's the other thing, too. There's just an overinflation of everybody's a coach, everybody's an expert, and really look at their P&Ls and balance sheets, and let's get clear on who's got what um, and why be have an opinion versus advice. And start. Like, I see so many, I have this idea, you know, I'm not ready. How the hell do you get ready? Just get ready. You start marching. You start moving. Any momentum and any movement will give you a new perspective. There's never any BS when Laurel's involved. Yeah, no, it's not when I'm involved. But it's standing Go do it and go do it now. Um, Let me ask you a question. Anybody out there listening uh, in our community and the Results family, how can they contact you if they're interested in having a conversation with you and your team? Oh, well, I have this awesome uh, website we're continuing, and uh, even in the comments, just give us input on how to better uh, communicate. But go to asklaurel.com. Spell my name properly. Uh, it's A-S- A-S-K, and it's L-O-R-A-L, asklaurel.com. You can ask me any question. I go live uh, on a, we- a weekly basis answering them. And um, any conversations that you want to have, I want to learn more about gas and oil. I want to learn more about the Nevada tax. I, want to long- I just want to, you know learn let me know what it is you want and uh, we start with a conversation so we start everything with great conversation laurel thank you so much for being on results radio it's been a pleasure it's been an honor it's always great to have a conversation with you i love your passion i love the fact that you go out and help people change their lives grow their businesses and you do it in a no-nonsense way to our results family thank you so much for being on the show today thank you so much for listening thank you so much for taking away the information implement it in your life make sure you go to our website 
and get a copy of your results journal follow it you will collapse time frames you will accomplish more in less time and you will develop that seven-figure business that you know you want i'm sean chuchuk this is results radio until next time have a phenomenal day Thank you for joining us today on Results Radio. Every show, we bring you the very best guests that share with you their experiences and expertise. Do whatever you have to do to join us for our next show. And visit us today at yourresultsradio.com. While you're there, get your copy of the Results Journal.